This is Books, Beats, and Beyond, where we will bring you provocative music and engaging interviews from music artists, authors, historians, and others barely acknowledged by the mainstream media. I'll be your host, Taj. Today I'm talking with Majestic Legend. He is an MC representing Detroit, Michigan, and is also one half of the critically acclaimed duo, The Black Opera. We'll be talking to him about his album, All This Time. Majestic Legend, welcome back to Book Speaks and Beyond, man. Peace, peace. How's it going? Very good, man. Good. Hey, so this new album, All This mm-hmm. Time, dope album. It seems like um, you kind of went a different direction with this album, sonically, in a, in a sense. And, you know, because it's, it it's not like your traditional lyrical rap album. Uh, why did you decide to go a different way with this album? Um, it wasn't really a decision. I think it was more of a feeling. Mm. Uh, this wasn't an album that I tried to make. You know what I mean? Like, right. it kind of just made it so. Um, and I don't know. It's, 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 uh, there's a lot of boxes when you're a rapper. Uh-huh. And I think sometimes as a rapper, you can have, like, that intention to make a classic rap album. And, you you know, you play by certain rules. and You, you have certain thoughts when you're recording. With this project, it was kind of like all bets were off. Mm. You know, I kind of wanted to just kind of like fully feel where I was at. Um, so yeah, I hope that makes sense. It, it wasn't, there was no intention at all. This was the first album where I didn't intend anything. So how did, how did, how did you go about like figuring out when you wanted to record or the topics you would say, how, how, did, how would the, how was that different from like any other album? Um, it just came to me. So I guess for a little bit of, of clarity, um, most of this project was recorded on the West Coast. Um, and my, I guess my living setup is a little different than it was in Michigan. Mm. Um, so I'm a father. Uh, so, and I'm also newly married. It's been a couple of years. Oh, congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So my, my, <laughs> I'm trying to say this correctly. <laughs> my responsibilities on, you know, within the Midwest in Michigan were different are different than they are on the West Coast. So me being on the West Coast, I kind of had a little freedom to find myself within isolate isolation, um, and really, really, really uh, create yeah. on my own. You know what I mean? Like on my own schedule, um, for the first time in my entire life, really, because I've been a dad since uh since I was twenty three. Oh wow! Okay, okay, okay. So, so you got more. So my, yeah, yeah. My daughter, she's you know she started high school and she decided to stay in Michigan. So um, I go back and forth. You know what I mean? Instead right. of being on call like every morning, every minute, and every day, um, and she comes out for the summertime. So you got to like really whatever. dig in introspectively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I kind of, I got it. Yeah, I got a chance to like kind of go back to you know, like high school again, where yeah. it was like, Hey, let's just record to record. Not, not let's find a, a, you know, a time to record and put everything into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's just record when we feel like it. Right. And I think that, I think that was the difference. Cause 
I think most creators, you know, most um, musicians would tell you, like, basically ideas, for most musicians, ideas come all day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you you know, same thing for writers, same thing for poets, like, you know, anybody who has any type of, like, creative um, instinct, the ideas come all day. The question is, when can you catch those those thoughts, those ideas, when can you maximize off of them, you know? And you had that so, time this time to just maximize. Yeah. Yeah. I had, a, I had a period of, like, a few months where whenever a melody came, I was able to just go record, you know? Yeah. And, and um... But I know some. I know some really, really interesting though. It, 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 there wasn't really like a lot of like rap verses. It was more like you were singing. It was more. It seemed like it just came to you. You know, it wasn't like you were. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really more personal, more personable, and more vulnerable too. I felt like at the same time. Yeah. That and honestly, that was the hardest part. The. The, I don't even know how to say the word, but the the vulnerability was yeah, yeah. <laughs> the was the vulnerability was the was the hardest part. Um, and people who know me, like if you stay in the same house with me, you know that I I sing most of the day. Oh, okay. <laughs> like like most most of my life is melody. You uh. know, um, even as a rapper, you know, like a young rapper, I will always think of like melody for hooks and melody mm. for my verses. Like the the way that I approach rap, a lot of times I would lay down the melody first and then put like the rap within the melody. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's really just me letting me, you know, be myself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's, like I said, it's, it's man, there's, there's a lot of, um, I don't know. I don't want to say it's a stigma. There's a lot of like judgment when it comes to hip hop. Oh yeah. So, so yeah. it's like people, people will come to the album and be like, yo, it's not enough raps on here. It's not enough bars. It's not enough metaphors. <laughs> and, you know, especially being from the Midwest, I feel like, um, you know, Detroit, I feel like we always have, like, this, you know, the odds stacked against us, mm-hmm. you know, because we feel like a major city, um, but we're really not, you know, respected as one. So we, we end up having the super lyricists like Royce or like M or like the Elzai because people are really, really trying to be heard and be seen. Right. You know, in, in the field of hip-hop to be like, hey, like, this is... You know, I'm great. You know, um, right. but that what, what you're kind of touching on, upon is almost like the song you have on there called Detroit Mental. Yeah, detrimental. Yeah, or Detroit Mental. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Uh, I, I didn't even catch that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been wondering how many people caught that too because they people separated. You know, yeah, you know, they like Detroit Mental. I'm like, nah, it's detrimental. Oh, dope, know. dope. Oh, there you go. I like that. A little Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> Much different in what they rap about. Mighty Troy, much different in what you know about. It's more than homeless people and drug dealers. Abandoned homes, ruined porn and killers. I am not living off the cosign of Eminem. I am not living off the cosign of Dillers. Almost didn't use this beat because it sound like them, but cats make their whole career from sounding like them. But once them cosigns wear off, you old news. From Joe Clues to John Doe's with no crews. When I was young, the hip-hop shop was mecca, but I was too young to click up with those crews. When I was younger, it was hip-hop and hardcore. Rap and the street shit was on the radio. Not a hardcore rap niggas, it's hip-hop. Cause they won't play they shit on the radio. You see 
the hardcore rappers used to diss my crew Cause we was hip hop, rocking at the festivals They said our crowds only had a bunch of white boys Cause we was getting money, rocking international And now they getting money, rocking international And they crowds got a whole bunch of white boys uh, I seen it all go down, it seemed change like it's changing now Now the young artists holding the crown The OGs need to hold them down the young artists holding the crown, the OGs need to hold them down. Detroit is on my mind. I know I say it all the time. When we get the line, they always talk about the crime. I'm gonna cool down, my nigga. I'm gonna cool down. Detroit is on my mind. I know I say it all the time. When we get the line, they always talk about the crime. Detroit is on my mind. I'm so hot, that's when I left the womb Born at Wayne State Apartment bed, baby late Mama work, daddy work Daddy teach, mama teach Grandma baby sit me Grandma's hands help me sleep Mama's hands help me sleep, yeah They work seven days a week, yeah Just to keep the dough keys, yeah just to make me grilled cheese, yeah Never slangin' no keys, yeah Just to keep the lights on, yeah Just so I can sing my song, yeah Just to keep the lights Detroit is on my mind I know I say it all the time When we get the line, they always talk about the crime Motel Motel Detroit is on my mind I know I say it all the time when we get the line, they always talk about the crown. Let's go town. Let's go town. is on my mind. We did what we need to make is me let us pray this week just to make next week. We did what we need to make is me let us pray this week just to pray next week. So many success stories never told out loud. But we gon' let them know. Yeah. But I'm here for the glory. I'm gonna rap Motown. Motown. So many success stories never told out loud. But we gon' let them know. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm here for the glory. I'm gonna rap Motown. I'm here for the glory. What specifically triggered you to write the song? Because you started talking about the the how you're a, a big small city and you got some some dope lyrics, uh, dope lyricists there. But what really triggered you to write this song specifically? Um, number one, I've always shied away from making a Detroit song mm. because wow. it's it's been such a prevalent thing in Detroit. You know, like you know when you have a a smaller it's, it's almost like a small big city you know mm -hmm. like when you have like a small big city you tend to have a lot of people that just make that detroit song <laughs> and um for different reasons it's been you know a pretty cliche thing to be from detroit you know like from eminem to dilla uh, to yeah. um mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of people when i say cliche i really mean there's a lot of people claiming detroit who are actually not from detroit ah uh. And that, and that makes it so the people who are from there who aren't about the hype, you know, they kind of shy away from it. Like, 
I'm not going to, you know, wear a Detroit Tigers hat and a, a, a D-shirt just so you know I'm from Detroit and just so I can fit into this mold and be categorized with everybody else. Yeah, you know, I yeah. went I went through that period of time um, as a, you know, as an MC or as a rapper from Detroit where I just didn't want to be looped in. Um, and plus, I didn't have the Dilla cosign or the Eminem cosign, mm-hmm. um, which which is dope. It's dope if you have one. If you was in the movie Eight Mile, or if you were on Welcome to Detroit, or whatever, yeah. like man, that's amazing. But what makes it interesting is when people come to Detroit and they're like, "Oh, you didn't know Dilla?" <laughs> like, well, I, I I knew by ten, I know T three. Oh, you didn't know Dilla? You, you didn't, you know, you know what I mean? Like, right. You, you know Eminem. It's like it's it's a weird, it's an awkward feeling because when you're not when you're not from a place, you know, it's, it's like a you know, like Oakland or something like that, when people are like, you don't know Too Short, you right. don't know E-40. Like, there's a million people in Oakland who don't know <laughs> <Exactly>. that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't make their music any more, you right. know, uh, relevant, you know, or or less relevant. Well, but it's just, it's just when it's a smaller, and when it's a small big city, and there's only a couple of big names that make it out. Right. You know, those cosigns are very important. Very you important. know, so I've seen people live off of those cosigns. Well, let me ask you, being you in know, Detroit, how would you describe the Detroit music then? I mean, what, what you know, hip hop wise, how, how is it, you know, since everybody's kind of cosigning the M&Ms and everything, how is, how is really the hip hop scene different and unique in a way that, that they don't really exploit about Detroit? What, 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 how, how would you say that? Well, the thing about Detroit is Detroit is Michigan, mm. and Michigan is Detroit. That's mm-hmm. the part that doesn't fit into, I guess, the concept all the time is Detroit is Ypsilanti, Detroit is Ann Arbor, Detroit right. is Lansing, Detroit is Muskegon, you know, D- Detroit is Dearborn. Right. You know, D- Detroit basically wears the crown for the entirety of Michigan in a respectable way, um, but Within Detroit itself, there's so many different styles of music, mm-hmm. and that's what I that's what I grew up hearing, and it's because we're in the middle. Right. You know, we grew up off of New York rap just as much as we grew up off of Los yeah. Angeles rap, that's just right. as much as we grew up off off of St. Louis, yeah. just as much as we grew up up, up off of uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, like the our radio station was playing, you know, Tupac and Kara's one. Like and <laughs> Nelly, yeah. you know, you know what I mean. So it's like we didn't have, we really didn't have that much of a bias, um, you know. And I'm just speaking for myself and in, in, in my yeah. era of, uh, you know, I guess the fans. This, this is even speaking before I was an artist, but I just always, I always loved the Midwest ear because we had an open, we had an open mind, mm. you know. So it makes it so. <clears throat> You can have a Danny Brown, excuse me. <clears throat> you can have a Danny Brown. You can have a Guilty Simpson. You can have a Majestic Legend. Right. You can have a Jamal Buffer. You yeah. can have a Mayor Hawthorne. Like these are all different types of music. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Then you have like a a Wajid. You know, then it's it's like it's so much different types of music in Detroit. But there's been times because of the famous people where people only came to look for one thing. Yeah. And that's that's where it gets frustrating when you're trying to, you know, when you're trying to go overseas and they want to book you as, you know, a Detroit <laughs> a, a Detroit tour and people are coming to the show expecting to hear Dilla stuff or Eminem stuff. Right. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, this is the black opera. This is something totally different. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this right. isn't what that is. And no offense to the people who do that. I'm just saying there's a lot of – I really – when I made Detrimental, I was speaking for myself, and it was a, it was a voice I hadn't used, and it was, a you know, it was kind of like something I've never said before, but I also listen, – listening to it back, in hindsight, I felt like, hey, I know I'm speaking for a lot of people who – um who haven't been able to speak up. Right. You know, cause it's, go ahead. No, no, I'll say there was, there was the interesting parts in the song. You, you had like lines where you were talking about being dissed back in the day by hardcore MCs for having yeah, white yeah. people at your shows. <laughs> but now those yeah, same hardcore, yeah, now, now, now they have white people out their show. So talk yeah. about, talk about to help us, some of the fans understand uh, yeah. why, why that's considered a major diss by MCs to have white people at your show, but that's not like that anymore. <laughs> do, you, do, do you remember the um, the Erica Badu video where she was showing like different um, like different timestamps of hip hop, and <laughs> she got to the current one and she looked in the crowd. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so basically, what it was was I was from Detroit, um, and I'm still, you know, I'm from Detroit, and I started touring and doing shows fresh out of high school. Um, I was with this crew called the Subterraneous Crew or, uh, you know, the Binary Star Family. And we would do shows in Pontiac. We would do shows in Ann Arbor, in Ypsilanti, in Detroit, everywhere. Flint, we would be everywhere. Um, but we learned early that, you know, the biggest support came from the college areas. Right. Also, also the biggest money. Mm-hmm. So the biggest colleges we have, well, the, the colleges that we went to were uh, University of Michigan, Eastern Michigan, and we would try to do, like, Michigan State. But a lot of times we would be, you know, we ended up doing a lot of shows in the University of Michigan area, which is Ann Arbor, Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is, you know, it's it's a lot more diverse now, but most of the shows there was, there, there was a, you know, there was Caucasian people, Caucasian <laughs> kids there spending their money, buying right. merch, you know, um, and it's just a it's a different show. So if you're coming out from Detroit and you're coming out to see that, it kind of looks like uh, y'all y'all out here performing for these white boys. Y'all sold out. You know what I mean? It's kind of like yeah. that's how the code of the streets was. Yep. And you got to keep in mind too, a lot of even though a lot of the Detroit music was still hip hop and free, you had like Five Ella Slum. Mm-hmm. A lot of it still had like this the street undertone. Right. Absolutely. Where you know, because it's a black city. Detroit mm-hmm. is a black city. So within black cities, it's always like this, like where we come from. Like, don't, you know, don't disrespect us. Don't sell out. Is it still don't a black this, city, don't though? Don't do that. Um, well, you know, it's hard <laughs> for me to say now because I'm actually, I'm actually relearning Detroit right now okay. just from me, from me being absent. And, you know, me going back and forth has actually given me some space to be like, hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. When through, you come back, going through fresh a lot eyes. Of yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know for sure it's still mostly black. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the changes has kind of like helping us help us all you know open open, open yeah, our mind but, absolutely but it was just it was different and when i say hardcore rappers i'm not even really um talking about a lot of cats on the scene i'm saying like you know i used to go to church and everybody rapped mm-hmm. and it was it was it was cats from the street you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it was i would talk to the homies and they'd be like where are you performing at you know, yeah. I'm like, oh, you, oh, you performing at, you performing at a college? Like in the beginning, it was, and then it was like, you got a website, and you selling, <laughs> you selling your CDs online. Like there was a period of time, there was a period of time. Um, I was talking to Opio um, from Souls of Mischief yeah, about this. Yeah. Like, 
there was a period of time where the only people who really had a website was uh, Hieroglyphics, Athletic Mike League, uh, SubterraneousRecords.com. I think um, at some point, uh, Little Brother, OK Player, ah, really? kind of popped up. But there was, but, but there was a period of time um, where it wasn't cool to have a store online or have a message board. Wow, really? Or or be on MySpace, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, and especially where I'm from, I, I know a lot of cats. You know, some of my OGs would be like, "Y'all on MySpace talking <laughs> to people?" You know, instant messaging people. That's that's whack. That's you know, that's <laughs> that's not real. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, you yeah. know. And then of course, a couple of years later, Shoot, they yeah. on it too. <laughs> Right. But they didn't un- they didn't understand the commerce. They just I think it was like they didn't fully understand it. So it was mm-hmm. like how are they how are they selling some how are they like pressing shirts? <laughs> like we did we we did things a lot of hip hop acts did things very early in a very professional way. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the street the street mind state, you know, people with the street mind state couldn't see the parallels between their hustle and our hustle. Right. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um we, you know, we was just we was going to where the fans was, where the client was. Right. Have, <laughs> have you bumped in? Have you bumped in any of those people that said that? And 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 what 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 do they say now? Or how 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 do their shows look now? <laughs> people, you know, people evolve, man. Right. It's, it's exactly it's exactly what I said. It's yeah. Like, oh, I get it. You know what I mean? Right. Like for instance, right now, um, so the Black Opera can be. Uh, I think some people assume that the Black Opera is like not just pro-black, but all black, which mm-hmm. is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, we're definitely, out, we are pro-black because we are black. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's more so an artistic way of expressing, you know, our environment. But if we go to Poland, Poland has some of the best shows we've ever done. Why is that? And I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't know, man. Like it's, <laughs> uh, I think it's just a scarcity. You know, mm. you go to certain places and people, you know, they develop a very strong love for you because they don't get a lot of I the see. energy that you're bringing. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we go to Krakow, we go to, you know, uh, Jory, we go to uh, Warsaw, and those are some of the the hypest shows, like, so much energy. Wow. Like, they're just jumping the whole time. So do they know you before you get there, or are they, they're just ready to yeah. absorb any hip-hop that comes through? Well, you know what? It's pretty fifty-fifty. Mm-hmm. Is you you can always tell who knows. Oh, they yeah. might have a CD. They might have the vinyl. They know the words. But then you know, this this is what I learned early. When you go to a college campus or you go overseas, um, you know, especially when you leave where you're from, that's where the real fans are. Like, mm. you know, and right, and it's what's what's interesting is it's full circle for me now because because I haven't done a lot of shows. In, in Michigan recently, now that I'm going back and doing solo shows, every show is like a family reunion. Hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's so. But but at the time we were doing so many shows in Michigan, it was just like, oh, okay, we like time, time, yeah, time like, expand, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the local fans they knew the ad libs, they knew the you know the gags, they knew <laughs> right. everything. Like, why don't oh, you come on stage, to, right? <laughs> yeah, like oh, you about to throw your hat up and catch it? Okay, yeah, <laughs> spin around. Yeah, you know, it was like performing with us. You know, but yeah. if we went to Idaho or went to, you know, um, San Diego or went overseas, it was just a different love because they already had heard about us and mm-hmm. and they were just full fans. And that's and that's just a different thing. Like, 
I love doing shows where the fans are fans. Yeah. And and because nowadays a lot of fans are artists, they're uh, musicians, they're yeah. you know they got they got a business. They it's not it's not that there's anything wrong with being a creator or being an entrepreneur. It's just that people have an agenda. Uh huh. Yeah. And it's always it's always great to go to a campus or something. They're just like, yo, all I want to do is say the lyrics you're saying and connect with the vibe and you know and return the energy. And just have that like that fellowship moment, yeah. you know, not like not like yo, I'm trying to get you on my CD. Hey, <laughs> right, <man." laughs> so, would you describe would you describe touring overseas similar to going to college campuses in a sense? And would you say also how would you describe the vibe you get from performing dom- domestically versus performing internationally? Ooh, that's a hard question. So I'm going to say this. Before I went overseas, you know, the the best shows I did were on campus. Mm-hmm. They were on campus because, first of all, the uh, the colleges had a budget. Um, and, you know, they had to get – usually they had to get a performer. Mm. So they would put their whole budget into one performer. Oh, no. So you're guaranteed a couple yeah. thousand. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> makes up for the show makes up for all the shows you did for free. Um or, you know, you know, a lot of time a lot of times in Ann Arbor we performed at this spot called the uh, Blind Pig, which was kinda like a central place where a lot of students would come hang out anyway and a lot mm-hmm. of people from the area would come hang out anyway. It's just a different feeling when you got college kids that don't have nothing better to do. Right. They just you know what I mean? Like they trying to come turn up and they're just trying to like, have fun, right. Mm-hmm. Go crazy. It's it's not like it's not like, you know, grown people who have to go to work the next day. <laughs> like that's, that's a different vibe. You know, like yeah. Detroit has real people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if, if they're going to come out and lose themselves, you have to be Jay-Z or somebody like that. They, <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of my family members never made it to a show because they have to work I in the see. Morning. They're really work, you know working, I mean? working class people. I got you. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a different um, it's a different type of crowd. Yeah. You know, Um. And yeah, a lot of the the college and the college kids and the, you know the older high school kids make a lot of you know the hip hop crowd. You know, yeah. um, and then overseas it's like, you know, it's just a different setup. I'm not gonna say I got like the perfect answer for it. But yeah, I no, do no. know. I do know there's something about the build up for your performance. Like you're coming overseas, you know, they know you're coming overseas at least six six months to almost eight months. Wow. Ahead of time, right. so like the the promotion for it, if they do it correctly, is very very you know thought out, you right. know. And then the the fact that you you know flew from a whole other country to come see them, you know, depending on how you know how big the place is, you know, how big the city is or the uh, you know the area that you're you're performing at, man, they just feel so thankful sometimes, and we're yeah. you know we're thankful too, but right. it's just a it's just a different feeling, man. It's just like, oh my God, you guys are from America. <laughs> you're from Detroit. You're from, you know, Atlanta. And y'all came to see us. Y'all came to rock with us. Live in person. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like, um, you know, some shows you get on stage and they're like, yeah, what you got? You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? It's, yeah. It, and, and I love all of those crowds, but it's just a different, it's a, you know, most performers will tell you it's a different vibe. Right. Like when they're, when they're just happy that you're there, I it think- makes you, 
it makes you remember like wow i'm special why you know yeah I mean? like, right you know what that, i mean that yeah what i'm doing is 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 the right move you know i mean everybody has doubts but when you're in front of that that probably really solidifies that yo this is yeah. why this is why i do it i'm always i'm always Definitely. curious like how we go overseas and as mcs and people want to go to your concerts and they know your lyrics but for some reason we don't know anybody from over there like can a poland rapper really come over here a polish rapper really come over here and 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 do the same you know i always found that to be an interesting vibe and i think i can kind of answer my own question we don't really know the language like that but they seem you know that i guess they're lucky in that sense to be able to understand the language to really to 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 get this gift of hip hop like that because sometimes I'm, I hear people overseas like I heard someone rapping in Arabic and I was like yo that sounds dope but I don't understand mm-hmm. what it says you know what I mean right so. right I think there's a I don't know but I think there's a couple reasons for that the fact that hip hop started in right. America um, and the fact the way the cap you know the way my capitalism is set up <laughs> you know the way the capitalism is kind of like you know there's a the English language Right. Just has a different definition worldwide. Like they That's know true. a lot of them know, you know, the English language more than we do, just for the sake of right. survival. You know, but we we know a lot of their producers, though. You know, That's true. it's just that we're we're not. I'm not trying to diss America. I'm just saying we don't grow up as with the same intellectual depth no. for um for communication and for language. You know, hopefully. Things will get better, but you know, I grew up. All we had was a choice between uh, Spanish and French. French. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And and I was <laughs> trying to take the easy way out. For some reason, the easy way out was always Spanish. Everybody yeah, was trying to take Spanish, and we had it for three years. And all I all I remember is El Sonido. You know I, mean? like, I don't even know who that is. I know Ola. <laughs> I mean, literally, as I left the class, I I, didn't, I don't remember nothing. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember E two because it was on the book. <laughs> you know what I mean? E two. Um, that's if funny. I only knew how powerful it would be right. for me to, to flip some some Spanish right now, that'd, yeah, be, that'd be dope. That's a whole another <laughs> whole another level right there. But it's just it's just the way that we perceive the world and how the world is set up now. You yeah. know, I saw a meme. I saw a meme um, the other day. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. I think it's like a, a anime meme or whatever. Where it's it's this uh, catch line that says "Is this?" and then people fill in the blank mm-hmm. or whatever. But basically, there's a there's a guy with his hand pointing at something, and over his head there's an American flag, and his hand is pointing at the world, and it says, "Is this mine?" You know what mm, I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. so it's kind of like it's interesting the way Americans feel like, you know, this is the president of the world, this, you know, this is the champion of the world. That's just, you know, and I think that might connect to, you know, like our English connection and like the British connection and certain mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. But um. It's just tra- it translates to the music and it translates to anything that has anything to do with entertainment and um and uh yeah that's like I one of our biggest exports now that you think about it, I'm thinking about yeah. it. absolutely I say entertainment yeah. and guns absolutely <laughs> yeah but it, it but it pay it's interesting because like you know just like it pays for them to know English you would man if somebody was able to be trilingual mm. and just it, you know like if I can drop an album. And then drop a Spanish version, and then drop a French version, oh, and like an Arabic version. Yeah. Oh man, it, I might, I, I might take the next ten years of my career trying to figure <laughs> out how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you, hey, I got an idea. I got an idea for y'all. Y'all already wear the black opera mask. 
just get some people from Poland, but like, yo, you know my lyrics in and out. <laughs> you are a black opera affiliate. Never, like, why is why is vocal tone so? We have, we'll probably have to screw everything at that point. Like, woo-doo, woo-doo. <laughs> but they, I, I know we were, you know, the last time we were in Poland. We were in Warsaw, and I'm like, man, the producers, mm. oh, my goodness, man. they It's amazing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Wow. Um, you plan on working with some, some of them like that? I'm definitely trying to. We, uh, we're supposed to be going back out there in in August. You know, overseas, overseas connections are about consistency. There was a period of time uh, I yeah. worked with this producer named Astronaut. Uh, from France. I've still never met this dude or seen him, which is interesting. He's still one of my favorite producers, but in earlier, I guess in my release, releasing uh, product career, um, I worked with this producer named Astronaut. And, um, you know, I had to, like, it was back in the day of getting on, like, AOL chat, you know, or mm-hmm. um, or Gmail chat or whatever. <laughs> right. I literally had to make a plan and talk to him every day just to keep the consistency mm. because there's so much space in between, you know, yeah. here and overseas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, rappers go over there and they, they meet women or they, you know, they meet new people and it, it's just like, they be like, yeah, when I get back, I'm going to fly her out. And I'm like, it's like, nah, nah. it don't work like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's, it's so, as soon as you leave, for some people, it's like you're gone. You're right. Like, they don't, they don't expect you to come back, you right. know? And, um, it's just interesting the way that works. Like, some people do keep in touch, you know, and a lot of people that are from overseas who travel just as much, they keep in touch very well. But a lot of people, you feel like, oh, I got disconnect, I got disconnect, I got disconnect. They won't speak up until you tell them, hey, I'm going to be in, you know, uh, the Czech Republic on this state. I'm going to be in London on this state. Yeah, like, difficult. oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to so be like, oh, you're going to be here? Okay, cool. All right, let's set something up. But before then, a lot of, you know, especially, you know, being on an independent and underground level, before then, it's like they just don't want to get hit with that that plane ticket. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that initial plane ticket is what deters everybody. It's like, <laughs> um, I can't throw a couple thousand down on that, <laughs> right. that first ticket. If you're going to be out here, then we can make something happen. Then. But yeah, you know, so the communication is, I don't know. You just, you, you really have to stay with it. It's really like, I don't know. It's, it's really like a long distant pen pal. Like you have to stay <laughs> yeah. consistent with it. Cause it's, and then, it, and then also if it's a dope, producer over there nine times out of ten there's a lot of people trying to holler at uh yeah so they've been pulled in all different directions yeah yeah so it's just not you don't have a commodity on it you know what i mean it's just like if you know other people know right let me let me let me ask you about this other song you have this other song in there called church no more Them people is crazy, them people I don't wanna go to church no more Them people 
Hey, if you're enjoying Book Speeds Beyond, do us a big favor. Go inside any of our show notes of any of our episodes, and you'll see an icon that will take you to iTunes, where you can subscribe, rate, and leave a review. What do you want us to understand from this song? Hmm. You know, these questions are hard for me because, um, not necessarily hard, but um, I'm realizing how, how much of a different approach I took with this project. Ah, uh, um, yeah. You know, I thought to myself <laughs> when I released this, I was like, man, I'm going to learn a lot about myself when it comes to answering questions for this <laughs> album. Because I didn't make it like, yo, this is going to be the club banger and this is going to be the spiritual joint. This is right. going to be the one uh, for yeah, the women. Yeah. Uh-huh. It just, it happened. And then I shared it with, you know, like with Buff and a couple homies and my wife. And they said it was dope. And we, you know, I did some edits and it was done. Um, <laughs> so listening back to it, I'm like a fan or I'm like another person. I'm like, mm. wow, okay. So what I can say is Church No More, um, the idea of it, well, it wasn't an idea. When I started recording recording, recording it, I, um, I was thinking of a phrase that my dad say, you know, excuse me. I was thinking of a phrase that my dad said, um, rest his soul. Um, that changed my life. 
And, you know, I grew up in a very religious Christian family. Both of my parents were teachers and both of them were like super Christian. Oh, wow. Um, And so in other words, I stayed in, I was in church a lot. How they feel about you, Um, uh, you you rap, you you emceeing? They didn't, they didn't, they didn't feel any good things about it Mm, when I started. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, um, you know, my mom, my mom's approach to church was different from my dad's. Mm-hmm. My dad was like a lot more laid back. He kind of like saw through all of the extra stuff, you know, and my dad was a lot older than my mom's too. So he mm-hmm. wanted to go to church and like relax and listen to the scripture. Like he didn't want people like dancing all around the place. Cause he'd be like, what are y'all doing? Like, this isn't <laughs> real. Um, he wasn't with like the, you know, the, the, the preacher that's like, oh, like he didn't, all <laughs> yeah. the extra stuff that, you know, some people go for that. Like when I went to church, I look forward to the choir. Mm-hmm. I look forward to the preacher, you know, kind of getting his rap on mm-hmm. and, and the standard third. And my dad, he was, I, you know, he would go to the same church that my mom went to because, you know, they were married. Yeah. But he would always just be kind of like, ah, I got to go because uh, it just, it just seemed extra. You yeah. know what I mean? It just seemed, seemed extra to him. Um, and it was a period of time where, um, like one thing the preacher did at our church that really pissed my dad off and he would leave early is the preacher would call, like call people out that weren't baptized. Oh, wow. Like shaming. And he, yeah. He would do it in a very embarrassing way. He'd be like, okay. It'd be like, if you've accept Jesus as your personal savior and you've been baptized, raise your hand. Oh, dang. Yeah. You know, and and my dad, which I believe he was baptized and all of that, he just would never raise his hand. He'd just right. be like, I'm not, I'm not playing this game. Why right. am I raising my hand to prove myself to you? Right. You know what I mean? Um, he just didn't see it that way, but that's just how the that's how the church functions. So it'll always be like three or four people who are either new or, you know, like you couldn't if like if you were just in the church every Sunday but you weren't baptized and and you hadn't come to the front to make your testimony, you would just get called out every Sunday. Mm. You know, instead of just letting people be and letting yeah, them, you know, right. organically, you know and I know there's other types of church. I'm just saying a church I went to a mm-hmm. uh, you know, Greater Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church. I went to a, a Baptist church and it was very flamboyant. Um and there was one time where he called out my dad. He'd be like, you know, Mr. Gibbons, I see you here again. You know what I mean? <laughs> and my dad is like really, he had to really bite his tongue. He's not profane, but he's, you know, he was like the superintendent of Detroit Public Schools. He just don't take no mess. He's, <laughs> right. <laughs> he's like Army. You know, he's like from the Army. He's like, oh, wow. he's just looking at him like, man. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't take that spotlight off of me. <laughs> so, so it was, it was a period of time where. So it was one Sunday morning where we were supposed to be going to church and my dad was not dressed, but he had like two Bibles. Mm. He had like two versions of the Bible. And he was like, it was like, I just don't feel it. I don't want to go to church no more. You yeah. know what I mean? But he, but he would read the Bible every Sunday. You know what I mean? Like he would read every Sunday and Saturday. He was studying. So this was really, it was really deep to me. Mm-hmm. He was studying. It kind of, this, this moment defined spirituality for me. Mm. He was studying and like keeping up with the stories and learning from them and like you know he had like the the pamphlets and everything for himself, but he wasn't going to church. What'd you take away from that? That there's not one way to to connect with spirituality. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was you know just like any other person in that position who went to church every Sunday. She just 
she would kind of talk down on him, but it really was, it really was, um, she didn't want to go there by herself and look, you know, be seen as something. Oh, and I right. was like, now yeah. it's like, what's wrong with y'all? Where's your husband at? Why is he not in mm-hmm. church? Mm-hmm. Like, what is he doing? You know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot that goes down, um, within these, uh, religious temples mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with the actual catechism. You know what right, I mean? Absolutely. And that's, as a young, you know, I was, I was like nine, ten. Um, around that time, and I was like, "Wow, you can do that! Like, you cannot go to church and still read the Bible, and wow. still, you know, kind of like teach yourself or learn at your own speed, without, you know, without being heckled." And you know, it's almost it's almost like if if I had a sister that was homeschooled, <laughs> I'd be like, "Yo, why, why am I going to school?" <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, "What what you been doing all day? Oh, I've been here, you know. I watch I watch the cartoons, and I had lunch." And uh, I got I still got to do my English, but I'll probably start that in a couple of hours. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. what it, was, it was that. But for me, it, it gave me the strength to challenge the dogma. Mm. You know, it was it was like, wait, he's thinking he's he's thinking for himself, for himself. right? You know, what I mean, and he's willing to get ridiculed to find his truth. Mm-hmm. And you know what's like, interesting wow. about interesting about what you said? I think a lot of people are going that way now, like. If, yeah, go, getting away from the places of worship and just doing it themselves, and and if they're not doing it themselves, a lot of them are getting away from the religion altogether. It's it's weird right. where how society is going. I mean, I have nothing wrong with with either way it goes. It's just the evolution of it, you know. It's it's, it's yeah. interesting, and um, people people are weird. Yeah, people are weird. Like whatever keeps you strong, you right. know, more power to you. But right. it's just something about groups of people and they're being like a, a godhead, you know, right. there's something, you know, and you'll tell that godhead, Hey, God is inside of you. And they'll be like, Oh, you devil, you know, right. but, yeah. but they act like God, exactly. you know what I mean? Like they, they act like they, they want attention. They want to be, you know, worship. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with rap. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. the rapper acts like when he, as soon as he starts acting like, Oh, give me more, give me more. It's like, ah, uh, something Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, like J. Cole was saying in uh, Angie Martini's Martinez uh, in the Angie Martinez uh, interview, mm-hmm. like it's like false prophets. Right. You know what I mean, you yeah. once you start once you start wearing that label, and you're like, oh, this is who I am. This is what I'm here for. Give me my love. It's like you shouldn't be in that position anymore. It know? makes it makes perfect sense why they're called idols. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. It, it makes perfect right. sense. And I think you had right. you, yeah you you kind of talked about some in that song too. You. You had someone. I think it was probably you saying. I'm not sure, but I think you were acting like you were the preacher. You were like, if if yeah. I'm not your preacher, uh, then yeah. who are you following? Is it that rapper? Yeah, that was me. Who are you worshiping? <laughs> Is it God, money, the devil? I thought that yeah. was deep. Like, yeah, you know, like the 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 new godheads are 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 some of these MCs, you know, and right, wow. right, right, and and you you know what? Um, you, you ever heard somebody say, "I'm gonna meditate on it." Yeah, yeah. You know, like back in the day, it used to be I'm gonna pray on it. Now right. people say, let me let me meditate on it. Right. You know, even the even the grandmas are saying, let me let me meditate on that. <laughs> let me give me a second. <laughs> a lot of these songs were, uh, you know, for a lack of a better term, there were streams of consciousness that mm-hmm. just ended when they ended. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of these songs started with me in the shower or with me sleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was it was that consistent. Like there's something about me being in the shower that makes me start like hmm hmm <laughs> like I start singing and I'm like usually usually I'll be like all right let me just save it in my phone um I'll get back to it I won't forget it whatever whatever 
um, especially if it's just not like a simple rap bar, but it was a lot of melody coming through me mm -hmm. and I would literally stop whatever I was doing and go straight into the studio. Like if I'm taking a shower, I come out mid, you know, mid shower, sun's still on, <laughs> and go straight and straight and record. Cause yeah, I didn't want to lose, exactly. I didn't want to lose the vibe. And yeah. that was the first time I've been able right. to do that. Is you know this something I mean? that so, you see yourself doing moving forward now? Is this like, like the plan can, or you can't even say I that. Can, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, what I what I'm saying is I can't not do it that way now. Ah. It's, it's, I found such a comfortable space in uh, like in my booth, I guess, in my metaphorical booth that I don't even like. You know, I was talking to another artist the uh, the other day, and um, this is this lady I used to uh, do songwriting with. She's a singer. Um, I was like, I'm in an interesting place where. There's no room for perfection. Mm. You know, I used to write, you know, in high school, we used to write pages of raps, just mm. bars, 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 and everything was like, you know, it will be eight bars that sound exactly the same. I'm mm. in the place. I'm in your face. I'm mm. in the states. I'm in the states. You know what I mean? It's just like, and it's because you're looking at it within a grid on the paper. Mm. You know, it's just like, oh, I want to flip this. This is this is a multi. This is multi, you know, syllable. You know, it's just, it's kind of like how Eminem raps, or right. like Royce raps. You know, Royce is like a freer version of Eminem. Mm -hmm. You know, they both had their own styles, but Eminem, he's a, he's in that pocket. He's Absolutely. Like, yeah, every syllable. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, and you can, and it's a way to set that up on your paper where it's exactly. literally like your, your, your lyrics are literally behind bars. Like, mm -hmm. they're locked, locked into a grid. You know, to me, it's like the, uh, if it was production, it would be like kind of having your flows on, you know, set to a quantize, mm. you know, like, like quantize, you mm -hmm. know, like it's right, right on the ticker. Um, and when I do that, it makes me feel too perfect. Like it makes me feel like, you know, if I write a whole verse out, like 16 bars, 24 bars, I start looking back at the paper to make sure I said it right. Mm. You know, I, when I listen to it, I'm like, is that what I intended? And, and, what I noticed is, and I learned a lot of this from, from, uh, recording, uh, the black opera music. Um, I learned that there is something coming through me. I don't know what it is or where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Maybe the ancestors, mm -hmm. it, it might be God. It might be the wind. I don't know what it is, but there's something that I can't predict that happens. That's special. Right. And, you know, there's songs that I've made, that I never knew would be my fans' favorite. You know, like, I Need You, like, Million Miles Away, yeah. you know, like, Insanity. Like, in certain songs, I'll be like, whoa. Yeah. And those are the songs where I let go. Right. Like, those, all of those songs are the songs where I let go. This you know, so. This sounds kind of weird, but as I was listening to it, I was like, the way you were going at this album I don't know why this popped in my head. I felt like, you know, like, Yasin Bey, most Def is kind of going that way, too. Like mm -hmm. stepping away from more of the lyrical and just letting the feeling come through, right. and some right. of the dopest stuff is come is being produced that way. I kind of felt yeah. that it's kind of like what's happening with you on this album too. It's just like let me just when it comes to the mind, let me just put it down. Let, let's just yeah. let's just rock it. Yeah, and, and you know I can't not be. It's like when you've hammered when you hit a nail. For years on years on years, you can't not hit the nail. Like yeah. you can close your eyes and hit the nail. <laughs> um. But it's 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 like I can't not be lyrical. Mm -hmm. You know, if I freestyle, I can't not have a metaphor. It's going to be there. 
Mm-hmm. That's not that's not what I need to improve on. It's like it, it, as a rapper, you get to the point where like, okay, I mastered it. Like I've yeah. mastered my my delivery of rap. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, where can I go with it? Exactly. You know, so so like my my approach with recording now is I'll write sixteen bars or twelve or ten, and but when I get into the booth, I have two ways of recording it. Mm-hmm. I record it how I wrote it. You know, where it's, you know, it's like I'm taking off my coat, clearing my throat. Yeah. You know, like I, I spit it like that and I mute it. And then I kind of just let the beat ride and I'm just like, okay, now how do you really want to say this? Mm. You know, like back, back in, back in high school, we used to have these, these conversations. We would be like, man, when I get where I'm supposed to get, it's going to be like this. It's going to be like that. My show's going <laughs> to. My show's gonna be like it's kind of like the equivalent to the it's this is our year conversation that you would have mm-hmm. on New Year's Eve like yo this is gonna be our year we gonna do this <laughs> we gonna do that we gonna do this you know um and we will always like talk about how our show is gonna look how our rhymes are gonna sound how our beats are gonna sound and it was kind of like this unintentional manifestation that that we felt we weren't ready for but we were like broadcasting so I do that when I record now because mm-hmm. I've had moments where I've let go and I've made what I thought I couldn't make, right. you know, most of, most of what's on this album, I didn't know I could do it, hmm. you know, but it's been inside of me. So, so long story short now, when I have uh, like a, a verse that I've written, you know what I mean? Um, it may, you know, it may go like, you know, I came through the door. I said it before. Okay. That's the, that's the written version. Then I'm like, Hey, let's, let's just look, let's lightly look at these words. And, and see how else we can say it. Like, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you really want to say this? Like, I came through the door. Uh, uh, I yeah. said it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never let the mic magnetize me no more. I never let the mic magnetize me no more. Gotcha. And then you like, and then then I stopped and I'm like, whoa, what was that? Yeah. All right, let's keep going. You, you know, know you know, was, you know, it's interesting what you're saying now because, yeah, um. <clears throat> Hip hop right now, you you have some artists where it's more just the harmony of it, right? The mm-hmm. harmony of it. So you might not like mm-hmm. everything they're saying, but you can feel that harmony, right? Yeah. I feel yeah. like th- th- that, and I don't know where hip hop is going, but combining that with some some real, I, I don't want to sound judgy or anything, but some real substance with those what 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 they're trying to harmonize and really mm-hmm. making this new kind of hip-hop, man, I can't even describe it. It's like singing slash lyricism. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, you really feel like you're in, like, a like in a heavenly spot. It, it, like, you really can feel their soul. I feel like that's right. where hip-hop's about to go, and that's kind of how I was kind of feeling with this album. Like, you're really getting into the artist's soul because they're just letting it go, you know? You can't mm-hmm. really predict how they're going to say the next word over this beat and that's how it kind of felt you know what's you know what's interesting i totally agree with that um i was playing this album for uh an artist that i've known like forever since the beginning of high school and uh <laughs> it's always funny being around people who know you better than you know yourself <laughs> yeah. i have a bad i have a bad thing for like like i'm not good at remembering history mm-hmm. Um, like my history, because I'm always thinking forward. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a very forward thinker. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just black out stuff, you know. So it's people. So this person was like, you know, it was like, yo, Jess, you know, you've been, you've been doing this. I'm like, <laughs> what? It was like, man, when we, we used to record on karaoke systems, you would have a song where it was just like a chant, 
and then you'll have like a bridge and then you have a whatever and you have and he was like you know it's not that you haven't done this stuff before it's just you haven't done it in such a like a consistency mm-hmm. you know what i mean because mm-hmm. i've done hooks with tvo i've done hooks 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 uh you know choruses with my music right. uh, melodic maybe people didn't know i was singing but I haven't had the guts to just let go and be me mm. and fully, like, fully do everything that I wanted to do on the album. Mm. This is the first time I've really done it. And to highlight what you were saying, my favorite MCs were never, it was never about um, them having super lyrics. Because mm-hmm. I actually feel like it's easy to have very, very lyrical raps. Mm-hmm. All you need is a dictionary. We was doing that in high school. <laughs> That's right. We, yeah. we, would just, we would just take words and stack them on top of each other. Right. And then, you know, there's rhyme dictionaries. You know, I'm not saying everybody who does super lyrical stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, has rhyme dictionaries. But my favorite MCs coming up were, you know, the Q-Tips, the Bustle mm-hmm. Rhymes, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, uh, Tretch from Naughty by Nature. Mm-hmm. I love his flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monch, uh and Method Man. Like, a lot of what I'm doing, I'm thinking, is really in that vein. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like, it may not be as hardcore, like, you know what I mean? Right. But... I loved Method Man when he was just flowing. As yeah. soon as he started rapping, I didn't like him anymore. As soon as, as soon as he started like trying to have, you know, I tell you, the day and then I do when it I right. I do yeah. it the day and then I was just like, oh man. Like, yeah, like was, some of those Takao albums, man. Some yeah. of those songs. Yeah, I know exactly. He was just, I mean, from from M E T H O T, man. Like right. he was just, you can tell he was freestyling. Yeah. Like he was just, and and if he wasn't freestyling then, you know, a lot of times the dopest flowers back in the day, they just had a verse, you know. Back in the day, we would perform a lot of songs before we recorded them. Mm-hmm. So, and what was frustrating, just from my experience with that is, you know, I would perform a song on stage like 20, 30 times, and then when I record it, it I mess around and not record it because it doesn't feel like it did on stage. I got you. You know, yeah. and, and it's because... You know, like the Method Man versus it's because you're spitting it so many different ways, you know, mm-hmm. because it's, there's no grit, mm-hmm. you know, and there's something to that. Like a lot That's of true. the early, a lot of the early rappers, they just had routines, mm-hmm. you know, they, they had routines like, yo, hey, do that one song y'all did. Yo, the A, the B, the C, the D, you know what I mean? It right. was just, but the next time you see him, it might be like the A, the B, the C, the D, the D, the Right. And it's because they don't have a recorded version where it's just like, oh, this is how it's supposed to sound. That's true. You know? Yeah, before they they probably had it written to a different beat before. Now they have a new right. beat, and yeah, right, right, right. right. That's so true. So, so a lot of what I'm doing now is just giving myself freedom. The mm-hmm. only, you know, the only thing that I ever let me ever let let lock me down is like a melody. Like sometimes I'll go in and I'll be like, doom, ba doom. And it's, you know, it, it helps that I make beats too. So sometimes it's like, all right, a lot of times I'll, I'll go in and I'll lay a melody and then I have to decide, okay, is this going to be a horn? Is this going to be the bass? Is it going to be the guitar? Or is it going to be my vocal? Mm. And um, I had this conversation with 14KT because he does a lot of similar things as far as like he'll put, he'll put the vocal in his beat and sometimes it stays in there. Oh. You know, we and we had that combo. It's like, yeah, sometimes I just leave it in there. I play over it. I play keys over it and leave it in there. And a lot of these tracks, some of the vocals were intended to be instruments. Hmm. And I was just like, you know what? That's a dope vibe. Yeah, a Let's dope just vibe. keep it in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's 
let's and then I would bring in musicians like on a uh, separation anxiety. That's a dope uh, song. Like, yeah. Thank you, man. Like certain songs, I'll bring musicians in and be like, hey, you know, play with it. Or it's like, uh, like all this time, it's this dope dude named uh, uh, Asante. He's from this crew called uh, Video Seven. Mm-hmm. He was just like freestyling on the keys. Like he, I, I have so much. In the, <laughs> I have so so much in the session from what he played, but I love working with musicians who can just play dope stuff. He was just playing for like almost, I want to say like forty minutes, thirty forty minutes. We we had a session. He was so it's playing. like it's almost like jazz. You, you just keep yeah, playing yeah. until something pops up. Yeah, right. And I just I just went home and listened to it, and I'm like, ooh, I like this, I like that. That's I dope. Two loops, yeah. Loops out of what he did, but then. I wanted to compliment his vibe, so I added the drums, I added a couple effects, and then I started, like, singing with it. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just, I kind of have this thing where I just like to keep the chant going. Yeah. You know, a lot of my newer stuff, I just I just put the beat on loop, and I just feel it. Like, it's not like, I remember when I first started recording, we always had a time limit. Mm. It was always like, like, we had a, a studio block, and That's right. <laughs> it, it was like four. In and out. Like, yeah. Yeah, we it was this budget. Like four or five people. Yeah. We had a big crew. You know, we had a big crew. Oh, it was like yeah. four or five people trying to record. We had somebody who was in control. Like, yo, we got to get this done. We got to get this done. So, like, you didn't have too many times to mess your verse up. That's true. You, you know, like, you know, okay, we're going to, we're going to, you're going to record around 10 p.m. So, you know, from 7 to 10, you got to, you, you out in the car practicing your verse. You're walking around <laughs> That's outside. Right. That's right. So when you get in there, it's like you're nervous, yeah. you, you're excited, you you know you're afraid, and you got to get that verse right, or you might not be on the song. You know, yeah. it sounds like it sounds like the Tupac sessions for all eyes on me, but it's, <laughs> that's basically yeah. that's, that's basically what it was. It's like, oh, you ain't got it. All right, come back. You probably won't be on that song. Yeah. Now I'm I'm enjoying the freedom of having a studio mm. and just being able, you know, to get up, you know, maybe have a sip or like have some coffee or whatever. Mm. I just put the headphones on and let the beat loop. And sometimes I'll just keep singing or I'll keep rapping and and just go back. Just kind of like how the musician plays the keys and freestyles. I'll do that with the vocals and uh, go back and be like, ooh, I like this. Let's build on that. Well, let you me, know what I mean? Let me ask you something. The, the, the song in there all this time, right? Mm-hmm. As I was listening to that song, it, it made me you, – you, you had a line in there where you said, should I do it for the money or for the love? For your dream, you working for somebody else. My family working for them benefits, same time they lose their health. They taxing us for everything, see, either way we pay the cost. What kind of hell is this? I worked for seven years, they laid me off. They fired me to save a client, even though they know he lying. No matter how many jobs you lose, we gotta keep on trying. I know you paid your dues, it's hard to make your moves and keep them crying, but you gotta let it go. To my homies coming home with felonies, you gotta let them know.
follow dreams and do it for my team All this time But even dreams get deferred when you aiming for the cream All this time Should I do it for the money, do it for the love All this time Should I do it for the money, do it for the love Making music for my fans, still trying to eat All this time Cause that starving all this shit that have you on the streets so, so. Trying to get them new J's on my feet, yeah so, so. Daddy, I'm trying to get that Jaguar on repeat, yeah so, so. Wanna move my whole family overseas, yeah so. Based on what you're doing now, like really freeing yourself up, not trying to be, uh, not trying to reach perfection, just letting yourself free. Does any part of knowing that trying to sustain yourself in this still comes in your mind? Yeah, it does, but not when I'm creating. Mm. It it used to come into my mind when I was creating because I'd be like, oh, we need something for the DJs. Um, in, you know, if I put too much singing in it, DJ Eclipse ain't gonna spin this. You know, <laughs> New York ain't gonna mess with it. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, or this is an Atlanta style, or this is a whatever style. Mm-hmm. I don't think about anything except being within the vibe that I'm in when I record now. Mm-hmm. You know, so no matter what, I'm doing it for the love, man. It's just like therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on my second marriage. I, my first marriage was like seven years. Mm-hmm. I got divorced. It was it, it wasn't it wasn't good from the start. No mm-hmm. offense to my ex wife, but mm-hmm. you know I have a daughter. I lost my dad. I lost my job of eight years. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's it's, it's a, you know everybody has like these things they go through and it affects them differently. Right. But man, music is keeping me alive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just as much as meditation and just as much as my wife. Um, so that's what I do it for. So it is a it still is a battle. Because honestly, I would do this for free. Yeah. Like yeah. if somebody can just pay for my travel and put me in a spot that yeah. I don't have to pay for. <laughs> you good? Yeah. Like, like if I, yeah, if I didn't have to pay for rent and get gas, like the only reason why I really need money for music or in general is just because they make me pay for stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if I could just go perform for people, man, like there's nothing like, like I, I remember the first time I performed this song called "I Need You." 
there was this couple that came up to me. This is like the first time this ever happened. There's a couple that came up to me. They like walked together, like they were going to like Dr. Phil or something like that. <laughs> and they were they were like, man, like I don't think you understand. You know, this song I need you, man. I I heard it and like we were going through problems and we were going to break up and stand the third. And I just played it for her. And now we're getting married. Wow. You know, now we're having a kid. You know, and they were like, they were. So like, they probably oh. played at the at their wedding now. You, you know, <laughs> they might have. Like, <laughs> and, and people have done that too. Like, I've wow. had people like, "Yo, can you come perform this song?" Wow. Or whatever. So it's, it's, <clears throat> you know, excuse me. <clears throat> As a creator, you know, you know, if you draw a circle, somebody's gonna look at it and be like, "Wow, that's a dope oval." You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, you know, people are gonna perceive things their way, and you're gonna connect with people. But it's different. It's different being on stage and seeing people crying. Yeah. And seeing people, you know, excited and people coming up to you like, yo, you changed my whole week or this made my day. So really, the, in, initially, there's a there's a self-fulfilling, there's like a self-therapy thing. You know, it's like, this is my meditation. This mm-hmm. is my process. Um, and then there's a, okay, this can help people. Not And it's not even like, how can this help people? Let me make this to help people. It's like, okay, it I know is I have the superpower, yeah. you know. <laughs> I have the superpower, so let's get it. And and also also being in front of people and performing also helps me. You yeah, know what I mean? So right. if yeah. anything, if you know, being out in California around new people, um, and playing stuff for new people and still having my home base, you know, um, it's allowed me to, to get a little bit of like a breath of fresh air, but I also have a lot more time to create, mm-hmm. which has, which has showed me that I'm actually an artist, which is kind of weird and dope at the same time. Like <laughs> I'll be talking to my wife. I'm like, man, like I'm a, I'm actually a creative weirdo. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like, I'm buying snacks just for the studio. Just for, you know, like I'm, Wearing dashikis and my hair is twisted. Like I was like, wow. You used to talk about these people. Now you you are yeah. one, huh? <laughs> I never thought starting off I, when when I started rapping, I just wanted to be seen by you know yeah. women, and I wanted to sign a contract and make money. Right. You know, it was still hip hop, and it was just like, yo, check these bars out. You know, <laughs> but now I'm like, wow, like this this totally like if I don't if I don't make beats. At least, like, if I go two weeks without making beats, I start feeling this. Oh, it's, it's yeah, almost withdrawal. It's Dude. yeah, it's almost like when you work out every day and you uh, start going to the gym for yeah. like three days. He's like, oh man, like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, I'm going crazy. So right. that's what's beautiful about now is the it's it is for my health, mm-hmm. um, and I think because I put so much into it, put so much of myself into it. I think it helps other people too. Oh, know? I I totally I totally agree. I I think like you know, nonverbal communication is huge. I mean, it, yeah, you might be saying the words, but it's the way you're saying the words. I think people feel that. Even if you don't even have any intentions for them to feel it that way, mm-hmm. I mean, the energy is just there and and people are going to re- definitely going to relate to that. So, yeah. yeah. So what 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 do you want people to mainly take away from this album? Uh, I don't really want them to take away anything. <laughs> I want them to get whatever they get from it. Like, I literally have no, I don't even know how to say it, man. This isn't the project where I'm like, oh, I want people to know that I'm this or I'm that. Mm-hmm. I just feel good, you know, feel blessed being able to share it. Mm-hmm. So my only hope is that it heals. Mm-hmm. You know, my hope for you is the same hope I have for me. Like, I hope 
that you can get some healing from it and some enjoyment from it. You know, the the further we get into life, the more we realize how important that podcast is, yeah. how important that meditation is, how important that walk is. How important, you know, the gym is no longer about looking good. It's more about feeling good. Right. And it's, a, it's about a process. So if I can create content to become a part of your healing process or your, your daily process that keeps you on point so you won't snap or, you know, do something crazy, then that's really the only that's kind of like the intention that I'll have that I have after I create it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, let's get this out. Cause people need it, you mm-hmm. know, but I really have no expectations. I have no mental picture of what people are going to think or what I want them to think is more. So like, this is, this is what I have to give. I put the art on the wall and you guys do what you want with it. You know? Well, I'm going to say, I think you should keep this up, see where it goes. Cause I think it's only going to, it's only going to take hip hop to different levels. It's going to push push hip hop. It's going to push other creators to to step out to see. You know, you got people that if you don't know already are looking up to you and seeing you doing this. Uh, I think it's only going to help the culture, man. You know, I really do. I appreciate that, man. I pr- appreciate that positive yeah. energy. Yeah. That's dope. Well, Majestic Legend, thank you so much for being on the show again. We we appreciate you, man. No problem, man. I'm I'm always just glad that you guys are interested, man. So thank you. Thank you. If you want to purchase any of the music, I've included links in the show notes. Or you could just go to booksbeatsandbeyond.com. And, you know, what's cool is by clicking on the links, you support the guests, the music artists, and uh, we get a small commission, which is no extra cost to you which we would then put toward the operations of this show. Um, and also, please click on the iTunes link to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And if you do this stuff already, just want to say thank you so much for your support. Remember, let's read, listen, explore. <laughs>